Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. Welcome to the first ever live episode of Squad Up podcast and live stream all about games, games of all kinds. I'm your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the squad, you can see his face right there. It's Peaches. Peaches, what up, man? I'm Peaches. You're Peaches. We can see you now. It's crazy. This is crazy. I know. It's amazing. It's mad. It's weird to look at you while you're talking because right. I'm going to like laugh even more when you say something ridiculous. <laughs> So I'm trying not to look at you at all. Well, at least you get like affirmation that I'm laughing. Cause like sometimes I'll like mute my mic so you won't, it'll seem like something I didn't think was very funny, but I actually am laughing. I just don't want to laugh into the mic. I mean, I usually mute myself when it's not my turn. So you'll never know when I'm laughing. Until now. I mean, I could see it because no. we have webcams. That was fake. I faked the whole thing. <laughs> So how you been, man? How you been? How you been doing? How you been going? As Robbie was ah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. No, it's been it's been fine. It's been a fine week. Nothing crazy. Um, work's finally feeling pretty normal, so that's nice. Um, got to play a few more games this week. Didn't go to the dentist as many times, so that was nice. But my teeth still hurt, so I'm just drinking beer until I don't feel it anymore. It's a solid plan. Yeah, that's usually how alcoholism starts. Solid plan. Have you been uh, not for me including any video games or any games of any kind in that medication plan? Is this your segue into the games we've been playing? Correct. That is exactly what that was. Well done. Um, as always, link to the past randomizer. Had a couple of those. I'm actually looking into actually figuring out what game I want to speed run now. Um, I think I'm going to go with the no major glitches version of A Link to the Past just because it's a game that I like a lot. Um, so I think that I can do a decent job. I need to actually try doing it and see like a baseline of how fast I can do each of the different splits, but uh, we'll see. I finished making my Dungeons and Dragons character. You can count that as a game. Psyched. Super psyched. Uh, yeah, it, dude, I... Character creation is always the hardest part of any game for me, especially when they give you like just a plethora of choices. And I had such a hard time with the D&D stuff because a lot of it's like, all right, here's this giant book, this giant book right here. <laughs> Look at how thick this is. I didn't just have this here for the show. It just happened to be in front of me. Okay. But Here's this giant book and here's all of the rules. But also, you know, if, if your DM doesn't want you to follow those rules, then don't. Whatever. Do whatever you want. But follow these rules, but don't unless you want to. Like, it's super confusing, but I finally figured it out. It took me like three hours of solid just concentrating on it. Um, and I'm looking forward to this Saturday when we play. And then last night I was playing some Fire Emblem, which was awesome. Made a new friend on the stream. And uh, as much as I like to use the word randomizer, there's also a Fire Emblem randomizer. So I'll likely of be getting into is. that. Of course there is. Dude, it's the thing. It's 28, the 2018 it's the thing. Move, it's randomization. It's the move. No, I feel you, dude. What um, have you been doing? I have mostly, I've like dabbled in a little bit of Heroes of the Storm because they've got their new Nexomania event. And the whole like Lucha Libre thing, I am like all about it. And I think it's super rad. Um, so I've been playing that a little bit, a little more than I normally do. I've been playing Destiny, but I've been falling off of it. These games, they, like, require a community. And if there's no community, what's the point, right? Yeah, no. Who you're knew? Right. right, you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right. This, this um, was never a prediction that I've had. I've got Dauntless sitting on my computer right now waiting to be played. It just went into open beta today, so we'll check that out at some point. Um, see what's going on there. I tried Bloodborne. I, it was free, like, I think last month for PlayStation Plus. So I downloaded it, and it's just been sitting there. And I tried it last night, and man, that's not my that's not my jam. I've tried. Gumby, wherever you are, if you're out there, I'm sorry, man. But it is just, it is just not for me. <laughs> was it like watching me play God of War on hard mode? Right, but that was the normal mode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the normal mode is the hard mode, and it's just as frustrating. And I couldn't get through like part of the first level; like it was insane. Great. Yeah, I know. I know. Well done. You made a good choice. Yeah, 
I have the other games sitting there, so I might just pick one of them up. But we also, for those that don't know, do a Game of the Month program where we're going to start um, here the next month. We've got a post uh, poll right now on the Squad at Facebook, uh, which ends this Sunday. So if you want to voice your opinion on what games you want to play, maybe you want to play the game with us, um, head over to facebook.com slash Squad Up Podcast. And on there, there's a poll where you can vote as to what game we're going to be playing. Right now, Nier Automata is currently winning. Um, oh, my goodness. It's Gumby. Uh, sorry, uh, near Automata. He's like Beetlejuice, man. I know, he I said, said Bloodborne, and he just appears. We're <laughs> just talking about you. Um, but uh, if you want to see us play, right now near Automata is winning. If you'd like to see us play it, go over there, let us know that you want to see us play it. If you want to see us play something else, go over there, let us know. We'll play something else. Whatever you guys uh, want us to play, we'll be in there. Now, and near Automata is great. Because I'm not trying to plug for or against it, but I, I was looking it up since it's currently in the lead, and it is available for multiple platforms, which is nice. Uh, I can actually stream it if it's not too graphically intensive. Maybe it is. Who knows? We'll find out. Let's see what's going on in the world of gaming. <laughs> Waluigi time. That's right. That's Waluigi time. Uh, you do that every time, too? I, I do. <laughs> I'm trying to like hold myself and hold like my facial expressions because I do a lot of weird stuff because we just record audio and it's it's hard not to like I don't know pick my nose or something. Bro, <laughs> people want to see your facial expressions. I guess don't, that's like, true. We're not gonna like look like this the whole time, okay? Just like <laughs> say like every third word. And you gotta right. be in there. So. Sony came out and said that the, the, the life cycle of the PS4 is starting to, to kind of reach its end, right? So PS4 is almost is almost reaching its end. Uh, there was a, a like a follow-up to this that they're about um, three years away from the PS5 coming out, somewhere in that general ballpark. So they're trying to say, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping up the PS4, but if I'm Sony, how... The PS4 is like a juggernaut, right? It is a monster of a console. It's got a monster following. It probably has more of a monopoly on the console market than we've seen in a very long time. Are If you're Sony, are you ready to go to the next platform level and let that monopoly go? Potentially, because you don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. They've done this. I mean, their life cycle is is pretty much every six years, give or take, like, PlayStation 1 was 94, PlayStation 2 was 2000, 3 was 06, 4 was 13, so not exactly six years, but we're approaching that that time where it's pretty consistent for them to release a new console. They're thinking that they're somewhere in the three years out region, according to that article that you found, um, and they're not technically admitting to a PS5, but I, I don't think that they would stop making a console. Right. Oh, we're like, finishing at the PS4. We're ended out on top, everyone. Yeah, Don't worry. Like, it's not you and I playing a game of Heroes of the Storm and deciding we finally won one. It's time to quit so we can go out on a win. Like, they're not going to go out on a win. They're going to keep going. I just think they're being more secretive about it than they than they typically would be. No. Because it's it's around this time that we would get that console, not that they would reveal the console. So Sure, but where do you where do you kind of go from here, right? So like you've got the PS um the PS4, you've got um Nintendo Switch, you've got the Xbox One. Um and so these consoles, we've started to reach, in my opinion, almost the like the precipice of what graphically we can improve on, right? So similar to the Super Nintendo when we had started reaching that like height of 2d graphics and then they've switched over to 3d i think we're reaching the point where the the changes in graphical improvement is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller as each console iteration happens unless some new form of technology kind of takes hold and pushes us in a different direction so will the new playstation be different enough to make that much of a difference or will it open the door for microsoft to come in and say hey we've got a console we're ready to go I don't know. I think that's hard to say for anybody, right? Because if the argument is that um, we've reached like a pinnacle of how good graphics can be to a degree, like you're not wrong. We're playing these games where there are characters in them in certain instances where like you can't necessarily tell you're watching a video game versus watching like an episode of television, you know? And so how much more realistic can you get from there other than VR that looks that way? But we're like miles from that. You know, um, 
but that's not just a PlayStation problem. That's, that's a Microsoft problem. That's possibly a Nintendo problem, although most of their games are cartoony anyway. But if, if it's a problem because we've reached a pinnacle of the height of graphics or whatever, it's not just going to affect Sony. It's going to affect everybody. So I think whatever console is next for any of these companies, I mean, what, what, what thing do you have? That, I guess let me think of a question here. What thing do you have that's not on your PlayStation that you would want to be on your PlayStation? Almost Does that nothing. make sense? Yeah, almost nothing. Um, or console in general. Like, sure. what do you think now needs, like, the PlayStation is also a Blu-ray player. It also has television on it. It, you know, has all kinds of apps. Like, what do you need it to also be a refrigerator? Because that could be like PlayStation 5. It's all those things. <laughs> and it's a mini fridge. Well, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, I think it's some, I think it's more about the games, right? So you've got, take take the E3 press conference that happened with Xbox and PlayStation 4 when they were first announced and how Xbox was like, you can play DVDs and you can make waffles in it and you can do all these different things. And PlayStation was like, we have games. And which console ended up putting out? Now, that wasn't the only factor, but that was a big one, right? It was the games. And I think what's going to sort of push it forward is who's going to be the next innovator, right? So Nintendo's always innovating. They've always are like writing to their, or having, going to the beat of their own drum, I should say. And um, I, I think personally, as a culture, th- take movies, for instance. We are at a culture that's like, we're done with CGI. We want practical effects. We want more realism. We want things like that, right? So See Avengers Infinity War. Sure. So <laughs> do we envision video games going in a similar direction? We want more arcade-type games. We want more social interactions. We want to do more things that aren't just staring at a screen. You get, I mean... We're going to bring theme parks into this because we have both worked at X theme park. Um, And so theme parks have that same (laughs) have have that same problem. Right. So uh, practical effects versus looking at a screen are video games heading back in the direction of duck hunt where you have the gun and you're shooting at the screen. Um, I mean, sort of. They kind of already are. We've got VR that's kind of making its way in there, but. I don't know. I almost think now that I've listened to you say all that, that the 2013 E3 where Xbox blew it or Microsoft blew it rather, if they would have held on to that presentation and presented it maybe this year with the height of everything where it's at now, if they were like, hey, we can do everything that 2018 has to offer, but also this is a waffle maker, then people would have been like, (laughs) No, I want an Xbox One. Like, no, give me I, the Xbox One. I disagree. I think Xbox's problem is still the same. They don't have games. I think well, their problem is but, still the but same. But what you're saying is that at some point, everyone's going to have games because we're all going to reach this pinnacle of what it is. And at that point, like, yeah, it's still definitely about games because it's a game console. It's for gamers originally. But, like, your game console makes waffles. Fair. My game console... My game console has God of War. Sure. <laughs> How are you going to argue with that? My game console has God of War. No one can argue with that. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying... All I'm saying is I think that it's not like the end of PlayStation. I don't think it's the end. Whatever they're going to do next, like even though it won't make the jump graphically, most likely, because we're already at a height, I don't think anyone else is going to make a giant jump graphically either. And so I think that it's probably going to be more or less the same. I mean, we thought the same thing every single year. The PlayStation 2 can't possibly be better than blah, blah, blah. PlayStation 2 is like the highest selling console of all time, is it not? It is, yes. And so, wow, PlayStation 2 blew us away. It's like how everybody was really paranoid that Heath Ledger wasn't going to play a good Joker. And then they saw Dark Knight and they all crapped their pants because of how wrong they were. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's hard to predict. And I think even though it doesn't feel like we're going to get any further than we will, we probably felt that same way every other year of our lives about something. Fair. Specifically video games. That's a fair point. Now, moving on, Best Buy... 
um, ended their like games club. Now I, I don't want to get into the details. I mean, for those of don't know what the games club was, you'd play for like a year or two year subscription, and then you'd get like um, discounts on brand new games. I think it was twenty percent off brand new games and a couple other things that you would get. I think the part that I wanted to touch on was that we are now moving away, at least as a society, from physical like copies of things right like these like brick mortar stores are starting to kind of move on their way out and the future of games must be digital oh yeah i mean i when i was a kid i i wanted to go to best buy every time i wanted a new game for whatever reason best buy was like what i pictured as heaven as a 13 year old kid right <laughs> like that's what i wanted to do on the weekends mom grandma take me to best buy somebody that's where i want to go i want to sit on a giant a giant couch and watch an 86 inch television and then i want to go over to the video game section and play the demo for an hour please 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 um but now it's like why do i why do i care i can order it so many other places i can order it online i can get discounts via the stores that are housing those games i'll just wait for the discount to come out if I need a game like the day that it drops, I can probably download a digital copy of it and then I don't have to worry about someone saying to me, oh no, we're out. You sure. didn't reserve this, we're out. Like what happened to me with Diablo 3? Mm. Or with uh, what, Smash Brothers? Smash Brothers, yeah. One of those was arguably way more frustrating. Yeah, I think games are just headed in that direction, right? Like, maybe that's the next thing. The next console doesn't have a game port slot, which which I think would cause pandemonium. People would not like that because people still like the idea of, like, like I said, they want that, like, physical thing, but they don't want to go to a store to get it. I don't, I don't think it'll ever... I don't, I don't want to say ever, but I don't think it's very likely that it'll go that way anytime soon because basically the way that works and you probably know this but if if you don't know this the general idea of how it works is that when you get a physical copy of a game let's just use god of war for example you get god of war you throw it in your playstation and it looks at how much space the playstation has left and it takes a large portion but not 100 percent. it takes a large portion of that game data and it downloads that onto your playstation itself and then it keeps a small portion of that data on the disk so that when you pop the disk in, your PlayStation still has to have the disk to properly play the game, but most of the data is loaded onto the PlayStation, so the load times typically are quicker. A lot of the data is stored in-house in case, like, say, the game crashes. Most of the data was in-house, right? And so if we went to full 100% digital all the time... Um, you're looking at consoles that are going to need to be incredibly huge as far as storage goes, right? Because if you buy more than 10 games, now you have to go get an external hard drive of some sort. And that's already kind of, if I were to, if I were to say that PlayStation 4 had one problem, it would be that you can only have like six games saved to its hard drive at a time. If you have the smaller version, which is 500 gigs, which isn't really that small six years ago but now like 500 gigs is it's almost laughable right yeah like well, i can i can show my leg on the streets and somebody will hand me a 500 gigabyte like like thumb uh, drive right <laughs> so it's like just not it's not as viable anymore but the games aren't getting any smaller so you're stuck with that or you have to buy external hard drives you know so i don't think we'll ever go full digital at least Anytime soon. You never go full digital. Never go full digital. <laughs> <laughs> All right, show title found. All right, so in Japan, they are now selling a Nintendo Switch without the dock. It comes without the dock. It comes without the HDMI cable. It comes without um, a power adapter. It comes without the Joy-Con grip adapters. It's basically just the Switch. Um, and so interestingly enough um they're so what they're they're doing is they're, they're trying to bring it out for like second consoles for your home so the idea sure. is for if you have a nintendo switch already you buy this one for someone else so that you don't because you don't need another dock you don't need another power adapter you already have one of those um but so nintendo originally started the idea of the Switch with a Switch being a one-per-household console, and they have since moved it to be a one-per-person console. 
do you think that's like the smart thing for Nintendo to be doing? I don't think it's a stupid thing for them to do. I mean, hold on. I thought I had another burp coming up, so I was going <laughs> to mute myself. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear these burps, okay? I disagree. Nobody but I think me. That's, just that's me. what the people want, Peaches. People don't want the burps. No? I don't think so. They're beer burps. They don't taste very good at all. <laughs> what was I saying? What were you saying? We're talking about the Switch and whether or not it should be a one-per-console or one-per-person okay, yeah. console or one-per-household console. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I necessarily would have thought that was smart had they said that at release because that would have looked really greedy, right? Um, sure. But I think the console proves to have a really good, um, really good lifetime sales so far. Um, it's selling very fast. It's very popular. It's got a lot of unique things about it um specifically if i if i were going to use an example i'd say the nintendo labo kit is like in my opinion really cool where you can build all those weird contraptions out of cardboard they're probably not like the best games ever but what console has done that so far none like nobody has done that because if you said that to somebody if you were like in a board meeting and you were <laughs> like hey eduardo um what do you think we should do to increase sales and one guy was like we should sell our games for five cents lower and one guy was like um we should bring more third party to our console and the third guy was like we should make cardboard stuff it'd be that meme where that guy got thrown out of the window right like from the top of the skyscraper and honestly like it i don't i don't honestly know statistics on the labo but it's unique and it's different so it's like i don't know over time it's just been so successful that it's kind of, it feels kind of cocky in a way for them to be like, hey, you guys like our console so much. Why don't you just take this one that doesn't have all the stuff? Because I know that your wife plays it and uh, you want to be playing it at the sure. same time. Sure. So why don't we just give her one and then you can both play? Do you think this is them being like, oh, right, we homogenized our home and handheld console constituents we need to sell the same number of consoles uh, home consoles to the amount of people we're selling handheld consoles to oh that's a tough question i don't know i think a lot of people still use their 3ds's and i don't see 3ds's going away um even though the switch is portable 3ds's are still more portable they're still easier to take from place to place so I don't think that they would be trying to eliminate them. Um, but wouldn't it be self-competition? Like, isn't the idea for the Switch now to be the console every single person has? And if that's the case, wouldn't that stand to reason that putting out a cheaper alternative kind of eats at their own profit? Uh, I guess it depends on how you look at it, because the game, the consoles both still have completely separate games. For the most part, there's a couple that are like, here's a 3DS version. The graphics aren't as good, but it plays mostly the same sort of thing, you know? And they did that with the Wii U as well. The Wii U had like, the Wii U has Super Mario Maker, so does the 3DS, or at least it's coming to 3DS. Um, I don't remember if it's there or not yet. Um, We've got Super Smash Bros. on both consoles, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't really think there's anything like that, at least super popular, for the Switch and also the 3DS. So I don't know. Maybe they're going to phase out their 3DSs. But also, aren't isn't the Switch bundle by itself still more expensive than a 3DS? Yeah, absolutely. But I think yeah, so. I think that's on purpose, right? They want people to pay that extra dollar. They want they want the extra money in their pocket. I mean, Nintendo's a business. And they going to get it too. They going to get it too, which brings us to our topic of the week. We're talking all about the Nintendo Switch. What's happening? My dog was making noises. I had to look at her sternly. Classic dog. So we're talking about the Nintendo Switch, but to talk about the Nintendo Switch, we need to we need to get our DeLorean. You and me, Peaches, come on in. Flux capacitor. It's getting heavy. We're gonna go back in time. We're gonna go all the way back to July thirty first, nineteen eighty nine. Whoa. 
the release date of the original Game Boy, the first handheld system, which took the world by storm. And I don't think we've ever really seen uh, another company tackle the handheld video game market like Nintendo. People have tried. We had the Neo Geo. You had the PlayStation um, Portable. Countless others that have kind of tried but have not. The closest you could probably say is the mobile market. Um, but not necessarily any other any other company, right? Um, so flash forward to 2006, Nintendo's home console, the Wii, um, takes the world by storm again. So it's another like hit. It is a hit. Um, it, it's kind of storm. No, it's kind of credited <laughs> with bringing a lot of like mainstream attention to video games, right? So like a lot of like families, like I remember like my mom played the Wii. She still does. She plays like Wii Fit with my nephews for whatever reason. They like play on the little balance board and they play Wii Bowling and do that kind of stuff, right? That Yo, console sold like you can takes. You can walk into pretty much any family home and say, "Yo, let's play Wii Bowling," and everybody will drop whatever they're doing, right? To go play Wii Bowling. And so the Wii was this console that kind of took the world by storm. Um, during that time, you had the Nintendo DS, which was also one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um, and then, flash forward a little bit, there are two next consoles. First, it's the Wii U, which didn't do quite as well as the Wii. It, I think as from a consumer standpoint, it was a little confusing as to what it was, whether it was a like an add-on or if it was just like another console. I know, Peaches, you, that kind of hits home to you because you are one of the six people on the planet that bought a Wii U. Um, so it was uh, a gift, but what, yeah. Okay, sure. But you, like, you actually liked your Wii U, right? You enjoyed it? I like my Wii U a lot. It's got a lot of the it's got a lot of the old games that I've come to really enjoy. Um, I liked that it was kind of the first console that enabled somebody else to be in the same room as you while you were playing. Because often, I don't know if you ever felt this way or if this is just me being partially Canadian or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> whatever the heck it is, don't you know? Um, <laughs> but like, I always kind of, I, part of me kind of felt bad when I was like, in the living room where the console was. And mm -hmm. I basically ended up kicking people out of the living room. Cause like sure. my grandma was in here and I asked her if I could play Batman Arkham Asylum and she doesn't want to watch Arkham Asylum. Like she sees Scarecrow and she has a nightmare for a week. <laughs> like, Isn't that the idea? Well, yeah, but like to me, that's cool to my grandma. Like I just intentionally gave her a week long nightmare. There. And the, I thought it was really cool that the Wii U offered kind of a fix for that very weirdly specific problem, right? Like if you don't want to play the game that I'm playing or even watch the game that I'm playing, you can watch TV while I sit in the same room as you and, and play my console. And I, I just thought that that was really innovative thing, which is like Nintendo's middle name, innovative. <laughs> right. But, but I don't know. And, and it had, like I said, it had a lot of the games that I loved on it. I didn't find it particularly bad in any way. I, I, I don't know why it didn't sell as well. I don't really see much wrong with it. I think it's it was the marketing. It was the exposure. I think people were coming off the high of the Wii, right? And then they saw this thing called the Wii U, and they were confused by it. They're like, what's the difference? They don't understand. Meanwhile, the PlayStation 4 is coming out, and it's like starting to like take off. Um, the Xbox One, not as much, but the PlayStation 4 particularly is starting to take off. I think we also saw in that time a resurgence in PC gaming. I think PC gaming also started taking off, and you started to see a little less. Also, the Nintendo exclusives weren't, I don't think, were there, right? You didn't have that Mario game. You had Skyward Sword, which got okay reviews for a, um, for a Zelda game, but still wasn't, you know... It wasn't Breath of the Wild, which we'll talk about here in a sec, um... And so I think that's that's part of it. I think that's part of the reason why the Switch has been so successful as well. Um, and so moving on, the 3DS gets released in March 2011, right? So 2011, 3DS comes out, and it also sells like crazy. It is a crazy monster machine. So your Nintendo, your handhelds are selling like crazy. You have just put out one of your least selling consoles since probably like the Game Gear. And you go, what am I doing, right? What am I doing? What, 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 what do I do? And so they come up with this idea to, to bridge those two things together, to get that handheld community that they deal with so well and 
bring it together with their console community, and that's where you know the Nintendo Switch is born. It's born out of that. Our our handhelds do so well, and our console isn't doing as well as we'd like. Let's try to bring that together. And so we got the Nintendo Switch, which is now the fastest selling console of all time. It's already sold more units than the Wii U did in its entire life. See, that's all. That, that is to me really cool and really sad simultaneously. <laughs> it makes me personally really sad. Like, why did nobody buy a Wii U? Sure. Now, but, the Wii, uh, no, I feel you. The Wii U, it just didn't, I think it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, I think you could give the Wii U the Sega Dreamcast um, syndrome, right? Like, Sega Dreamcast was way ahead of its time, but it was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sonic Adventure Battle was on it. Yeah. The Dreamcast, I remember, was amazing. It had all these crazy features, similar to the Wii U. And as I think about it now, a lot of the reasons that I like my Switch, I think I would have liked a Wii U because there are a lot of the same reasons that I can, like, take it with me. I can, like, take it to bed. Like, I don't have to, like, sit there if my wife wants to watch TV. Shout out to my wife. Tomorrow is her birthday. Happy birthday, Bailey. I love you. Um, But I know. I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, But... What a shout out. I know. <laughs> um, she wanted exposure on this podcast. She, she got did. it. She did a lot. Um, and so I, I wanted a lot of these different things. And the Wii U probably would have facilitated that. But the Switch is what really kind of, kind of took it. I remember from the, the second I saw the first Switch trailer, I was convinced. I was like, I am getting this console. I looked at my wife. who wasn't my wife at the time. I looked at her and I said, I'm getting this console. Like, I'm going to save the money. And honestly, I was going to buy it on launch day. And instead, I bought an engagement ring. And here I am. But I do own the console. Um, <laughs> I do own the console. I love the console. I got it myself for myself for Christmas this past year. And it's my favorite console. And it is just kind of a behemoth so peaches you also have a nintendo switch you were also gifted one for christmas what do you what do you think man what what is it about the switch that makes it so special so let me back up for a second because you had the reaction of as soon as you saw it you wanted to jump on that thing and the first time i heard of the switch my thought was that's insane and stupid and nobody's gonna buy that (laughs) and that well the reason that I thought that was because me, an intellectual, is thinking, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this console is priced at what? What was it priced at when it came out? Four hundred dollars. Three hundred. Three hundred dollars. That's still expensive. Sure. I'm gonna take this console that is probably frail, and and delicate, and fragile, and I'm gonna take it into the world. Why in the world would I take it anywhere if it breaks? Then I can't play it at home or in the world. Like, and so my first thought was that it was dumb because it was just going to be something that got stolen, got broken easily, got dirty really easily. All these things like came into my head about all, like every, everything bad that could happen to that console and how much money I spent on it, you know? And it turned me off immediately to the system. It kind of all changed when I, when I got the system and when I realized that I wanted one because, you know, I don't have to take it anywhere. Like, the, the ability to take that console somewhere is completely my choice. So I can get that console and not worrying about getting it dirty, stolen, broken, etc. Um, but also what sold me on it more than anything was the first time I played a game on it. Um, I, I was ho- holding it in my hand because I was trying to figure out, you know, how to turn it on, how to charge it, all that stuff. I had downloaded Mario Odyssey. It was a gift from Chelsea. Um, and I was playing it for a second on the handheld and I was like, wow, this looks really pretty. Put it in the docking station, it uploaded to the TV. And I was like, what's the difference between what I'm looking at right now and what I was looking at in my hands. Right. And I couldn't figure out graphically what was different. So I took it back out of the docking station and looked at it in my hands again. And it was, it's basically exactly the same. And so for me, I, the thought of it possibly being damaged or whatever out in the field, if you will, 
has never really left. Like it's still something that I consciously think about if I ever think about taking my, my switch anywhere, but just how impressive it was based on how powerful the machine itself is, is what sold me. And then obviously Mario Odyssey was just a phenomenal game and breath of the wild was also a great game. Um, and it still has a lot of the same downloading nostalgic games capabilities you know, it doesn't have the same library as the Wii U network has, but I still have my Wii U and I can still go and play those. I'm not getting rid of it. So, you know, it kind of, it impressed me because I think I had such low standards. It went so much higher than I could have expected on my, on my radar. Yeah. On yeah. the opposite. I had really high standards and it met and probably exceeded them <laughs> a little bit. I don't know about you, but when I first got my switch, I like played with it, like taking off the joy cons and putting them back on like a couple of times. Cause I thought it was so, it was just really satisfying to like click them on. Cause yeah. it just happens. It's so seamless. The um, click is satisfying. Yeah. Well, and like, they make it seem so easy in there that I like assume that when I got it, I'd be like trying to like force it off, but no, it was, it's like really seamless and really easy. Right. And, <laughs> And so it's, I think it's just a really satisfying machine, but I think what it, what they're doing, one, they're doing some really smart things. They've got great games. Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are like once in a generation type games. Like they are once in this console's lifetime type of games, like that great of games. Um, and I would also say that they're doing a really smart thing, which is bringing all these Wii U games that Zach or Peaches and six other people played and they're bringing them to the Switch where people can actually play it. I didn't see anybody but Peaches in this room. That's what I'm saying, Peaches. That's what I said. <laughs> you said you said Peaches, though? Yeah, yeah. I said Peaches. <laughs> you should have that as what people, like what happens when, uh, when people subscribe to your channel or like follow your channel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Now, oh my goodness. So the switches, we've already talked about how great it is. Um, obviously the, the porting of Wii U games is a really smart move from Nintendo. Um, so if you're Nintendo, we talked about this a little earlier, but you've basically combined your two markets, your handheld and your console market. Now you're only in, you had these two buckets, now you've got one bucket. Will that eventually be a negative for Nintendo if the Switch takes off? Like, because theoretically, the Switch has to, the Switch's profits have to meet and then exceed the 3DS's profits as well as the Wii U's profits to then be like a success, right? I guess it depends on how they view it and how much money they're spending. I mean, because a lot of the figures you're just not going to know about, right? Like, sure. It depends on how much they actually spend on each console versus how much the console is selling for versus how many loss or how many 3DSs they lose because of Nintendo Switch sales or vice versa. Like, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but I don't think there were, there will ever be a time when Nintendo is not successful. Like I know that for whatever reason, the Wii U was not well received, right? Maybe it really was just a case of wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe it really was. Had to mute that burp again. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it really was, as you say, like people didn't were confused based on the name. You know, I'm learning a lot at my workplace, which I won't disclose about how how easy it is to confuse somebody using wording that doesn't make sense. Like even if it makes sense to me, like like it's the back of my hand, right? If I don't word something correctly to you, it's <laughs> it the entire focus of what I'm trying to tell you could be lost. Right. Um, and you know, maybe it really was, why is it the we or the we, you, why maybe they should have named it something different. I don't know what that is, but regardless of, of how that didn't sell as well as, uh, as I would have hoped it to, I still don't think it was a failure by Nintendo. They're still, they're still Nintendo. That's what's so great about them is, as you said in several episodes, they're always on their own little island. You know, people are always going to go back to that island. They're going to want to play those nostalgic games that bring back all these memories. Um, those very unique games that you're never going to, you literally will never find a Mario game on another system. 
you will not find a Zelda game on another system unless it got there in such a way. Like, you don't count Soul Calibur 2. Link is in Soul Calibur 2, okay? But, he's but that on the doesn't GameCube one. He's on the GameCube one only? Yeah, he's only because like, the three oh. versions each had a different person. GameCube you're right, had you're Link, right. uh, PlayStation had Hihachi, and then Xbox had Spawn. Okay, but still, the point is like, that brand is so popular that I think just the sh- based on sheer loyalty, whether they are successful profit wise or not, they're not going to go anywhere. And I think if there was only one console, whether they stopped selling the 3DS and it was just Switch or they moved on to something entirely new and that was the only one they were selling, I still think people would go out of their way to buy it because of how popular they are. Do you see them making a cheaper Switch, like a cheaper handheld only Switch with no Joy-Cons? Uh, I don't necessarily know what the point of that would be. Well, to, to, it's the like the 2DS theory, right? 3DS comes out, then they come out with a 2DS. It's a cheaper model for like kids and younger people for that like demographic. <laughs> Sorry, Bailey hopping like a bunny in the background. Yeah. It's uh, too good to not mention. Uh, <laughs> um, they could. I mean, I didn't. I also didn't really see a reason for them to make a 2DS, but then I also realized afterwards I never used the 3D function of my 3DS. Like it, I have great vision, but I don't care to use that feature. It actually hurts my eyes. I don't see 3D movies for the same reason. Like things in 3D mess with me too much. And if you're going to sell me the same, basically the same console at a discount, all right, I'm not going to complain about that. Well, and I wouldn't. So maybe they'll do that. I wouldn't exactly say you were the target demographic for it. No. You know? So, like a portable only um, Nintendo Switch would be for that like casual gamer, the one that only wants to take it on the road, young people, obviously. Um, and so it would make sense. So, say if you take a hundred dollars off the price tag and then sell you a handheld only Switch. I think a lot of people would buy that. Actually, you know what? The more I think about it, then then their game market doesn't have to change either. Correct. Because if I already have Mario Odyssey in you know the little cartridge, which it's also crazy to me that those games are cartridges too. Right. And they look that good. But that's not the point. If I just give you the cartridge because it will still work in your handheld-only Switch, you know, now I don't have to make two sets of games if I'm Nintendo. You know, I can still make a Switch and a Switch Lite, if you will, but they're both the same cartridge, you know? So maybe they even save some money there. Now, we've already talked about Sony today. Say you're Sony, say you're Microsoft. You are seeing this, and you can't ignore it. You cannot, while the other, while Nintendo does not really focus on the other companies, the other companies are constantly looking at Nintendo for cues, right? So they're always looking to see what Nintendo's doing, to see what they're, what, um, like what direction they're taking. What are these other companies going to do? Like, what what do you think Sony and Microsoft are going to do? Are they going to try to tackle the handheld market again? Is, is Sony going to try? Is Microsoft going to try? Are they going to try to steer clear of it? I mean, I it's hard. I mean, I think we already had, uh, I was looking at articles earlier, and I think they did, um, Sony did say that they're going to continue into the handheld market, that the Vita is not the last handheld that they're going to make. And so um, we already know that they're going to be trying, but is, is it a smart thing? Is it... Because, like, Sony has the games, right? They have the the constituents. They have that casual following. Could you imagine if you had a handheld that played Fortnite? We do have that. It's on mobile. Yeah, but I'm talking, like, an actual <laughs> handheld. Like, have you ever tried to play Fortnite on your mobile, like, on your phone? It works <laughs> no. really well, but it's still playing it on your phone without buttons, and gamers need buttons. Let me ask you a question. Have I ever tried to play Fortnite? End of question. <laughs> Once or twice. I'm not really the biggest Fortnite fan. Sure. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Part of me thinks that it's foolish of anybody to try to compete with the handheld market. I mean, I know that you've mentioned now in in two episodes, which is now turning into three, um, about how popular the Vita is in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Japan is obviously a gigantic hub of gamers compared to the rest of the world. Um, 
but I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily think this whole thing was going to come full circle, but based on what I said earlier about how much hard drive space a PlayStation actually needs to contain the level of game that is coming to that console, I don't see a handheld being viable for them if they're going to continue to output games that are as graphically intensive, long, in-depth, etc., as they are now. While being able to handle that, that like processing power without being a thousand dollars a console. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think as beautiful as all of these Switch games look, the fact is that they are still cartoony in a way. You know, they're they're meant to look cartoony. They're not meant to look realistic. So they don't in most cases, they don't have to require they don't have to have the rigid requirements that a game like god of war has to run smoothly um so by proxy they don't have to spend as much money on the hardware to make it look as good and you know i think there's going to be outliers to that i think dark souls is going to look really good remastered on the wii u or on the switch wow um (laughs) and i'm sure skyrim looks really great because skyrim's over there now um but in general, I just think that if those companies that aren't Nintendo are going to try something handheld, they're going to have to scale their games back a bit in order to put a console out that's not unviable. You know, like I have to be able to buy it if you want to sell it. So fair. That's fair. I, you know, I don't know. I think... Sony's going to continue trying. I think if anyone can do it, it's going to be Sony. I think maybe even Microsoft. I think Microsoft, uh, similarly to how Nintendo was kind of losing the the home market and then struck out into the handheld market, I think Microsoft can do the same thing. I think it's interesting to think about where Nintendo goes from here, right? So Nintendo has had two... They struck... Like, lightning struck twice for them. They had Breath of the Wild, and then immediately afterward had Super Mario Odyssey, right? Within, like, a six-month span, which can very much be accredited to its rise, right? Part of it is how satisfying the hardware is. Part of it is it's its game library. Can Nintendo sustain a model of these one really big games, or do you think they're going to need more third-title support? Like, for me, for instance, for a while now, I haven't touched my Switch because it just hasn't been, um, like anything on there that I want to play. I played Breath of the Wild, I played Mario Odyssey, I've got a couple other games on there, but I'm on my PC now because that's where all the PC games are. I've got God of War coming out on the PS4. There's nothing to me that, like, there's so many great games pulling me in so many different directions now. Do you think Nintendo is going to start needing to dip into those pools? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's the... Look at this dog. <laughs> you see the dog trying to chase the cat right now? Just so you all know what that noise is. That's what it is. <laughs> and she looks, she's like, oh no, they caught me. Everyone found me. Everyone. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I don't know. I. If you think of like, you can kind of compare this to, my first thought was comparing this to music for some reason. Um, Name a song by Rick Astley. Never Gonna Give You Up? Name a song by Seal. I don't know any Seal songs. Oh, did you know that when it snows, my eyes make on my You don't know that song? Kiss From a Rose? I can't say I do. Okay, the point is, the point is one hit wonders are a thing in music, right? Hold one tight, hold one sec. You're starting to sound like a robot now. Hang on one. Technical difficulties. All right, continue with what your point was. (laughs) Okay, so I think my point, which is not like, I I wouldn't present this in court, um, but music has a lot of one-hit wonders, right? And whether you know who Seal is or not, if I were to say that same sentence to most people, they would probably say Kiss from a Rose because those two artists did like, you know, one, maybe two things that were carried through time and they're still somewhat popular today. I wouldn't say that I'm like sitting here when we're not uh, streaming or recording, listening to never going to give you up on my own, but like people still know what that song is. They get Rick rolled. It's used in memes. Like 
it's, it's carried itself through several years. And I don't think that the switch is done making games that are like that. Um, but I think I would be surprised if Mario Odyssey by itself couldn't carry that console even for another year. Fair. You That's know, a fair point. The game is so good. It's, I mean, it's like, to me, it's like a better Mario 64. And Mario 64 is still played to this day. What's your favorite Mario game? Super Mario World. Favorite 3D Mario game? Super Mario Odyssey. Hmm. Why? No reason. Listen, Super Mario 64 is way too damn hard, okay? The controls are out of this world awful. I wasn't going to say Super Mario 64. What, what is your favorite 3D Mario game? Uh, not Galaxy, not 64, not Galaxy 2, and not Odyssey. There's only one more. I don't remember. Super Smash Bros. No. But Mario it Tennis. <laughs> no, no, it's a, like a Mario platformer. I'm drinking beer right now. Just it tell was, me. It was on the GameCube. Sunshine? Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine. I Shut up, dude. love that game. And You're fired from this out podcast. There who says that it's a bad game, shut up, because the game is awesome. <laughs> That is not the best one. It's my favorite. I didn't say it was the best. I said it was my favorite. Don't confuse the two. Okay. That's fair. We got too many people here going and saying this is a definitive list when it's a definitive list of opinion. All right? Says the dude that thinks Black Panther is the definitive best Marvel movie. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> it's also an opinion. <laughs> now, yeah. okay, we derailed a lot there yeah um, we're we're several cable cars in a ditch right now <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's bring it home and talk a little bit more about where, where the switch's future right so you've got smash bros coming out there is a metroid game in the works what else do you want to see on your switch one what other nintendo properties do you want to see on your switch and what third-party things do you want to see the Switch? Because it looks like with South Park and Doom and all these other properties, Nintendo is more open to bringing third parties in than ever before. What games do you want to see ported to the Switch? And what Nintendo properties that haven't come out yet do you want to see on the Switch? Super pumped for that Metroid game. Um, I have, I'm not sure how I feel about Super Smash Bros., which is a weird thing that I just said out loud because I have always loved Super Smash Bros. But it's kind of like, what are you going to do to mess it up again? You know, because I felt like I felt like Melee was the best and then Brawl changed the combat speed a lot and I got used to it. So then I thought Brawl was the best. Also because Lucas is in that game and Lucas is my boy. Um, then the one came out after that, Super Smash Bros. 4, if you will, and... It was great. It had a lot of characters, but I don't really play it anymore. Like Chelsea and I still play it when she visits, but I don't really go out of my way to play it anymore. So I'm just kind of curious how they're going to do that. Anyway, I don't need to derail the train again. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't mind a new Fire Emblem game. Um, And I don't need a lot from a Fire Emblem game. Just give me the same basic formula, but make it look pretty. Uh, I could use, and I know that a Kirby game just came out, but I could use like a good Kirby game Fair. and not one that's incredibly easy based on what I've watched other people play of this new one. Um, and I would really love an earthbound game of some sort. Um, just like a turn-based RPG with, the Earthbound characters, Ness, Lucas, whoever you want to throw in there, I think it'd be really cool because we haven't really seen a game like that in quite some time unless you count their appearance in Super Smash Bros. What about you? I think for me, I want 
a Wario game. I don't care if it's WarioWare, if it's Wario, Wario World. I want, I love the Wario World games. I love the WarioWare games. All of those games are always like just so much fun to play. And Wario is such a fun character because he's like a living meme. He's just like, <laughs> right? Like he is literally just them being like, here's this idiot. Isn't he funny? Right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, and I love that. I love how Nintendo is basically poking fun at their own characters with this. I think Waluigi is hilarious as 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 a character, right? Um, wow, so, wow, Waluigi time! And so I think it's interesting. Um, now, third party things. There are a plethora of things I'd like to see. I'd like to see a lot more free to play things come onto the Switch. Could you imagine playing Hearthstone on your Switch? I would love to play some Hearthstone on my Switch. I'd love to play some of these free to play titles. If Fortnite came on the Switch, that would be transformative right that i mean kids playing could you imagine like kids in their local like playgrounds sitting there playing Fortnite? you know like it would just take over i so i don't know if i really care about third-party titles that much on the switch because i have a pc most of them are available there um but a warioware game would be really interesting i really liked the warioware games too but I, going back to the point of me being paranoid about breaking my console, like I would be afraid that the WarioWare would be like, all right, shake your console. And I'd be like, <laughs> and I would it's, throw it into a dish right, or something. Snap like, the Joy-Cons off. Like those games require you to do all sorts of weird things with the console itself and like tilt it and shake it. And I don't know. I, don't, it, like, I would it, probably it. buy it and enjoy it but i would be like i would strap those things to my wrist so hard that they could not go anywhere (laughs) you know yeah absolutely i'd have fun those games are good it's just it's hard to think about things that i'd like to see on the switch because i'd like to see so much because i just enjoy the portability of the switch but it's not it's not necessarily realistic not everything is going to go on the switch there's no way god of war ever finds its way onto the switch one because Sony would never let that happen. Two, because I don't think the Switch can handle it. Um, you're not going to see things like Final Fantasy 15 on it. You're not going to see... Um, no, I don't know if people would want to, but you're not going to see these like super highly graphically intensive games. You're going to see more of that like middle style. So I think Nintendo needs to lean more into its online marketplace. Right now, the Nintendo Store on the Switch is like really like like the... like not very user-friendly at all. It's very, like, hard to navigate. There's just one really long list. They could use a little bit more refinement there. They could use a better store. Um, And I think they should lean into that digital marketplace more because what I'm looking for more is that mid-tier game. I want that game that's going to be cool looking on my my screen and my TV, but then also when I go and I take it with me to bed that it's not going to feel like, well, I'd rather just be playing this on my TV right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Their menuing needs some work for sure. Right. Their menu is a little bit of a mess. They also need all of the amenities that are just expected out of a console. They need Netflix. They need, you know, they need they need the like the TLC, right? Um, so now Nintendo is coming out. I didn't write this in the notes because I just remembered it right now. But Nintendo's coming out the Nintendo Online here pretty soon. So what they're gonna have is you're gonna it's gonna be just like the other ones. You have to pay a subscription service to go online to play video games. Um, and it's going to be, I think it's like $3 a month or $20 for a year. So it's significantly cheaper than all the others. Um, but you're not going to get those free games. What they're going to do is have a rotating library of basically virtual console games to play. So it's going to start off with a few of the like old Mario games and things like that. Um, and it's eventually going to, you know, they're going to add and remove and add and remove lists to the or games to the list. Uh, that could be cool until that game goes away and then you're mad about it. Correct. But I mean, I guess that's how they get you to buy that game, right? right. That's actually pretty smart. Well, like, they've also for- said that there is no plans to bring the virtual console to the Switch as of right yeah. now, which is, in my opinion, a travesty. But also, the more I think about it, the more I would, and this is not to say for everyone, this is just be me, and I think I would speak for a lot of people, but not everyone, that I would pick up some of these games, I would play them for a few minutes, be like, oh man, just like the old days, and I'd go, all right, what's new to play? And then I'd go play something that's like a newer game, right? Now, that's not for everyone. Like, Robbie, who was on the show last week, he would sit there and he would play through every single one of these old games that he remembers because that's the, the era that he loves. But I don't think a mainstream audience really cares about that, right? I think that's what the Super Nintendo 
mini plus doodad thingamabobbit is for, right? I mean, I'm kind of in the middle on this one because I play A Link to the Past like three to four times a week. Fair. So it just depends on what the game is. But I could see why they wouldn't want to do all that work just to apply, just to appeal to an audience that mostly already has these, you know? Like if you had a Wii U or if you had a Wii, because even the Wii had some virtual console stuff on it, like you probably have already downloaded all those games at least once. And for me, like, not to just out myself on the internet, right? But like, I use emulators all the time for games that I already own because I've already paid for it. So why not play it on my computer? Fair. You know, absolutely. Especially if you can stream it. If it makes it easier to stream, why not? Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know where the Switch goes from here. I know I'm excited. I'm excited for what the, what's going to hold the future for the Switch. I'm excited to see new games. I would love for there to be a new Nintendo property. I don't care what it is. I just want some new Nintendo. I think for a long time, Nintendo has kind of rested on its characters and its properties. And a lot of them are starting to like reach the end of their life cycle. I think Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is a great game. But there's not a lot more you can do with the Donkey Kong license without like, re- like reintroducing. You could do another Donkey Kong 64, which I would be all on board with but i'd love to see a new one i think their last major property was splatoon which is fantastic i do own splatoon 2 um but i think they could something new something fresh uh universal studios in orlando is gonna have a nintendo themed area of their park that sounds oh my goodness does that count that counts (laughs) Go to the Nintendo park? Oh, that means Nintendo and um, Universal are partnering, so we're going to see Mario riding a Tyrannosaurus from Jurassic Park. Wait, he already puts a hat on a T-Rex. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're more, full circle, everyone. <laughs> okay, I know you're trying to wrap it up, but now that I brought that up really quickly, yeah, uh, yeah, what do you think the coolest theme park attraction based on a Nintendo game could be? I mean, the easy answer is Mario Kart, right? Is that not the easy answer? You can't say Mario Kart. Okay. Well, if I'm not saying the easiest answer possible, (laughs) which is Mario Kart? Um, I would say maybe a Metroid-style Men in Black or uh, Buzz Lightyear-type ride where you have a gauntlet on your arm and you're going through like a Metroid-style kind of that like shoot-em-up kind of a thing. Yo, that's dope. Yeah, it sounds like they'd be a lot of fun, right? If you had that the, nope. the whole like Metroid arm, like that's cool. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, anything that could put me that could make me feel like I'm inside the property, that makes me feel like I'm like part of it, right? I think we talked about this earlier with with theme parks in general, but it's it's like a, a coming trend to want more of that practical effect to to, to feel more like you're in, in a world rather than watching a movie. Yeah. My answer is kind of similar, though. It would be the same style of ride where you're like in a slow moving vehicle of some sort, like Men in Black or Buzz Lightyear. Um, but it's Pokemon Snap. Ooh, don't even get me. I don't know who they would bake that. Like, that would not uh, be for the main audiences, right? That wouldn't be for them. That would be for, us, yeah, for the people that are like, we want some more Pokemon Snap. No, people want to take pictures of Pokemon. All right. They do. <laughs> I know it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> oh, Princess Peach has followed us. Thanks, Princess. Yo, she's awesome. Also, your um <laughs> your ticker is underneath the background. I, <laughs> I don't even trust me, I have no idea. I just set this up a couple days ago, but it's been going great so far. Um I think that's gonna wrap it up for this show. Uh, thank you to everyone who has joined us live. We've had a lot more people in here than I thought we would. Um, it's actually been a lot of fun, and we're going to do this more regularly. We'll give you guys eventually a schedule of when we are going to be going live so you know exactly you can plan for it. You can be right here with us. It'll most likely be on Friday nights. The only reason it wasn't on Friday night this week is because tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Um, but once again, thanks to everybody for coming here. Uh, Peaches, where can the folks find you on the interwebs? They can find me at twitch.tv slash peaches uh, and at Twitter D underscore peaches. Again, thanks for uh, joining us on Twitch this time. This is definitely different. It's weird looking at Eduardo's face when I'm talking to him. (laughs) Haven't done that in like a year. Um, 
And yeah, if, if you guys are here anytime, whether it's while we're streaming uh, a game or while we're recording the podcast, feel free to uh, chat us up in the chat room because we would love to respond to you guys at all, but also in real time. Yep. Um, so we just love talking to people and that's why we're, we're doing this. So thanks again and see you in a couple minutes if you stick around for the gaming portion of the stream. Yeah, we're going to be streaming over on twitch.tv slash Peaches. We're going to be playing some Borderlands 2. I have been clamoring for Peaches to download and play this game, so we're going to be co-oping a stream of it. We're going to have so much fun, right, Peaches? So much fun. So much fun. You can find yeah. me over at twitch.tv slash Eduardo, which some of you are on now, and whoever is listening to this, Come join us live. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Twitch or at Twitter at ABCD Eduardo. You can find me on Facebook at ABCD Eduardo, as well as the podcast at Squad Up Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, once again, thanks everybody for joining us. We really appreciate all the support. Go over to iTunes, leave us five star reviews. Um, anything that you can do will help. As they say, good luck, have fun, and farts. Bye everybody. Yeah, I try really hard not to like overthink it, but like I just said the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) The first thing that came to your mind was fart wiener? Fart weasel. Fart we I heard fart wiener. I should have said fart wiener. I regret not please, saying fart wiener now. <laughs> please never say fart wiener. <laughs> That's what I'm going to put is when people follow me. It's going to say, oh, this person has just followed you. Fart wiener.